Welcome to episode 79 of the Montana Values Podcast. In this show, we'll talk all about Governor Gianforte's new housing task force and their remarkable feat of taking a housing crisis and turning it into a constitutional crisis. Let's join our host, Tammy Fisher. But first, a housekeeping issue. Thank you to our loyal listeners, Billy, Katie, Michael, and Melanie, for your kind contributions to the show and for your faithful listenership. We really appreciate your support. Thanks, gang. Thanks for that. And also, we need to give a big shout out to everybody who supported and sent in donations to Gap Fillers Flathead. That's our charitable cause. And we're very excited about those donations making a real difference in the lives of school kids across Montana. So today we're going to talk about Governor Gianforte's housing task force, which is riveting, right? But first, I think it's important that we review the new Montana GOP platform principles that would be relevant to this discussion. As you folks will recall, Mickey and I are not big fans of the new Montana GOP platform, and rather we adhere to the national platform principles because it's a platform that's really well written and quite eloquent. However, because This is the platform that the Montana Republican legislators and conceivably the governor of the state of Montana, who claims to be a Republican, is supposed to follow. Well, we might as well tell them what they're up against, because this housing task force causes some pretty big concerns, I would think, for the Montana GOP. So that document says... Republicans believe that centralization of political power invites the replacement of the rule of law by the rule of men and thus enables the rise of totalitarianism. Republicans believe that at each level of government should continuously strive to limit the scope of its own activity and to avoid infringing upon the lawful activities of free citizens. Whereas Republican faithfulness to its conservative principles and public policies, as dictated by members of the GOP during convention and found in the Montana state platform, is necessary to maintain and restore the trust of the electorate in the Republican Party and a proven path that will lead to Republican electoral victories." Whereas the MTGOP has a responsibility to develop a simple set of principles based upon the MTGOP platform that could be then applied to all proposed legislation. Therefore, be it resolved that the MTGOP identifies the following 10 policy positions, which we're not going to go over, to be detailed in the Montana Republican platform in a, quote, principles section that should be placed immediately after the preamble and thus before the main body of planks. One of those planks is private property. Understand that a property's owner has exclusive rights to determine the use of their deeded property, including subdivision and that government is prohibited from infringing on those rights without due process. The Republican Party of Montana also recognizes the primary goal of this platform in planks is the expectation that our elected officials will use it as a directing guide when making decisions. The Montana Republican Party supports efforts to return control and authority to local communities as the government closest and most responsive to the people. Under funding, 
we believe all levels of government are responsible for funding their own programs. No level of government should mandate responsibilities or programs to lower levels or subdivisions of government unless funding for those responsibilities and programs is also provided. Local responsibility. We believe local governments are responsible for resolving local problems. State government should be responsible for its actions affecting local government, and all state restrictions on self-government should be extremely limited and narrowly construed. We believe that local government shall protect property rights. Property owners shall have the ability to use their property as they wish. We support prohibiting the state of Montana and its political subdivisions from adopting and developing environmental and developmental policies that, without due process, would infringe or restrict the private property rights of the property owners or are intrusive to the property. So, against this backdrop, we need to talk about Governor Greg Gianforte's Housing Task Force and its report, which proposes to provide, quote, measures the legislature could consider and the governor could sign into law with the goal of, quote, increasing the supply of affordable, attainable workforce housing, end quote. The task force was created in July of 2022 by the governor's executive order. The report issued by the task force in October recognizes, quote, Many factors are driving housing shortages across the United States, including a lack of available construction labor, land use regulations, zoning restrictions, and a lack of developable land, end quote. So as conservative Republicans, we look at these factors and apply the local control mantra and mandate, it is a mandate, of the new Montana GOP platform and say, how the heck are these state government issues? How does state government currently control the limited construction labor and lack of developable land? Well, it doesn't really. What about land use regulations and zoning restrictions? Well, according to the state GOP platform, the state legislature is supposed to stay out of those issues. And all Republican legislators would be in violation of this new Montana GOP platform that tells us the state Republican platform and its planks are, quote, the only source for the values, definitions, and expectations the members of this Republican association recognize. So at the outset, this report, if followed, would violate the new state GOP platform, and such a violation would be a mortal sin, causing any Republican who votes against the platform to be excommunicated from the Republican Party. That strikes me as quite the pickle for any state legislator or, say, the governor who seeks to involve state government in local housing issues. But I digress. The report is long, some 59 pages, but scattered throughout are repeated references to what the state can do to modify local control. And every time that language occurs, every Republican should perk up and say, that's not the role of state government just like it's not the role of the federal government to tell the state what it can and can't do. It's a fundamental conservative principle, local control. Also a fundamental conservative principle is less government, not more. And my favorite, the government closest to the people should govern most of the issues left to the government for addressing. 
This includes how communities grow and address their own growth in housing issues. And truth be told, government has traditionally done a piss poor job of managing any type of housing issues. When government subsidizes rents, what happens to rents? They go up. When government builds housing for low-income folks, rarely do those folks ever leave government housing. Have you ever looked at Cabrini Green in Chicago? Those poor folks were basically put out to pasture. You can live here with the hope and optimism that if we just house them, somehow they'll climb out of poverty. Well, they didn't. And it just helped the continuous cycle of poverty. When government decided to back mortgages, you know what happened? The price of housing skyrocketed. Before Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac, a house in Montana was built for about $6,000. No mortgage, because you didn't have 30-year mortgages then. With the advent of 15- and 30-year mortgages, that $6,000 house became a $150,000 house. Prices skyrocketed. Government, at any level, really hasn't done a great job with housing. So adding more government is just not a very good solution. But apparently, this wasn't a concern of the governor's task force. The task force developed 18 recommendations, which outlined three overarching strategies state policymakers are told to address Montana's housing shortage. And all of them interfere with the autonomy of city and county government. These three overarching strategies are... One, regulatory reform. Six recommendations suggest the legislature directly address state and local regulatory barriers to increasing housing supply by streamlining permitting, placing sideboards on local zoning, and broadly restoring the rights of landowners throughout Montana cities to build attainable forms of housing, particularly in areas where existing infrastructure can be maximized through infill development. Number two, Incentives to encourage regulatory reforms. Four recommendations suggest the legislature develop incentives to encourage local governments to address regulatory barriers to increasing housing supply. The task force contemplates tax credits, grants, trusts, loans, or other incentives which would reward local governments that have proactively implemented key regulatory reforms. The task force also suggests prioritizing state funding for local government infrastructure to communities which maximize density with regulatory reforms. Number three, investments in improved government efficiency, workforce development, and private sector home construction. Four recommendations suggest the legislature prioritize targeted investments that improve state and local government efficiencies, elevate trades, and incentivize private sector construction. Four other recommendations include encouraging public-private collaboration, requiring reporting for short-term rentals, freeing up state-owned urban land for housing and local tax reform. And what's the first ask out of the gate in the task force report? All you Montana conservatives are going to love this one. More money to keep the task force going. To be fair, they also asked for money to support additional DEQ staffing to get permits out of the door and money to fast track the Montana Rapid Training Program to add construction workforce members. But the task force feels their ongoing existence is crucial to tackling the affordable housing problem. 
And that's a red flag to most Montanans, especially when it's the first recommendation out of the gate. And they plead that without the money to keep the task force going, these new experts, hand-selected by the governor, will not be able to provide the solutions that invade the purview of local government. Drat! What will we do as a state without them? My goodness, we will then be left with local governments actually having to do their jobs they were elected to do! Mercy me! What a world where local government is responsive to the needs of its constituents instead of Big Brother state government taking the reins. And for sure, funding the continuation of the task force should be priority one, as opposed to, say, funding, I don't know, the state hospital, the state prison, the foster care system, nursing homes, and addiction treatment. Nah. Those issues pale in comparison to the needs of a state housing task force. Because without giving them funding, the dreaded and disastrous results, according to the task force, will be, quote, the task force existing work will abruptly and unnecessarily discontinue, end quote. And gasp. The Republican platform principles will then have to be implemented where the government closest to the people dictates growth and zoning. And oh, by the way, they want that money now. Their important work trampling on local government control is too important to wait for the 2023 legislature. They want their funding from the governor by budget amendment. And by God, they want it now. So it's important for you to know, Montana, that the task force's number one job is keeping their job. Right. Sounds good, doesn't it? That's how they view it. And their argument for why they need funding now? Well, they say, quote, Providing the supplemental budget allocation will result in immediate construction of existing projects prior to the 2023 session and provide the necessary statewide labor for construction of the projects and facilitate the ability for additional and future housing needs to be addressed, end quote. Okay, so the task force is telling us, here's the fear factor. If it weren't for them, existing projects will not get completed before the 2023 session. Okay, it's October, folks, when the report comes out. And between October and January is the session, right? October, November, December. In three months, they would be able to get all of the existing projects off the ground before the legislature if we just give them money now. That's bullshit. It takes them three months to find out where the restrooms are in Helena. <laughs> so, <laughs> that's just a lie. Does that even sound possible? That in three months' time, this magic task force is going to get all of these construction projects off the ground by budget amendment to fund them. Nothing happens in government in three months. <laughs> it's just crazy. Even if we were just talking about the DEQ permitting and the expanding of the workforce, those are all really good ideas. They cannot happen in three months. And certainly the vital existence of this task force is not going to change that fact. Indeed, the task force has no control over the projects currently in the pipeline for construction being built. None. Nada. Just a big fat fib used to extort more tax dollars to sustain the task force's existence. Typical state government politicians. They should write a book titled Scare to Extort. 
Now again, they shroud their plea for their own taxpayer subsidy with advancing DEQ permitting and expanding workforce training programs. And those programs for sure could use an infusion of dollars. But this request is just like the pork you find in congressional bills, where the bill itself is good, but the add-ons of bridges to nowhere is horseshit, but get embedded hoping no one sees the self-serving and unnecessary expenditure of tax dollars. So there's the pork in this report. They want to continue in perpetuity because they think they are the grand wizards of housing. And they need... They literally asked for this. They need a new full-time taxpayer-funded workforce housing program executive to keep communication flowing in the right direction, (laughs) growing the size of government to meet their own needs. Huh. Is that a Montana value? Because it sure shit isn't a Republican value. And did the Republicans on the task force object to the premise of expanding state government and immediately injecting more tax dollars into funding the task force without legislative approval? Nope. According to the report, quote, the subtax group members did not hear any objections to a supplemental budget allocation, end quote. Nice work, Republicans. Way to stand up for those Republican principles. Their next bold statement is, quote, Montana needs to increase its supply of housing, period. End quote. Wow. (laughs) Thanks for pointing out the obvious. Huh. Who knew? Were it not for these grand wizards, I don't know that we ever would have figured that one out. I wonder how many tax dollars had to be infused for them to reach this conclusion that Montana cities and counties reached years ago. So the task force wants to incentivize developers to build more housing through, quote, reducing the costs of development. And the task force plan includes directing federal ARPA funds to pay the permitting and development fees to Montana's local communities to use to waive all permitting and development fees. Now, the savvy city will just raise their impact fees and other planning fees in advance of this type of appropriation in order to offset the overhead of their building departments. So look for the response by cities and counties to such a windfall. My guess, they hear this is probable, and they will raise those fees in anticipation. But sure, that helps the developers eager to get moving and who are self-funding their projects. Because you know what else is happening right now that prevents developers from building? The Fed raising interest rates. So developers buy land to develop, usually with short-term bank financing. But when they go to get a development loan in this environment... What has happened between the purchase of the land and the time of development? Oh, yeah. Interest rates have tripled. So unless they are cash payers, which most are not, they can't even get out of the gate because the financing alone has made development unaffordable. You can waive lots of fees. But taking on the risk of a volatile rate environment has caused most developers who went broke in 2010 to pull back from moving forward at all. So remember that phrase, it's the economy stupid? Yeah, that applies here. You can remove whatever fees you want and play the tax dollar shell game if you want, but without a reliable interest rate environment, construction stops dead. Because how will people be able to afford to buy anything that's being built? 
they run into the same interest rate problem too, and it directly affects their pocketbook. So even if a developer can build a house and sell it for $250,000, which is virtually impossible, the mortgage on that property at 7% is $1,700, not including taxes and insurance. And that mortgage payment six months ago at 3.5% was $1,100. And the buyer's wages haven't increased $600 a month over the last six months. And I know a little bit about this because I have developed properties, even subdivisions. And the fees suck. Those local development fees are terrible. They suck. They're bad. And many are unnecessary. But right now, it ain't the dumb impact and permitting fees that are halting construction. It's the interest rates developers and buyers live by. If we weren't in a volatile rate environment, fee waivers would be great. But again, it's the economy, stupid. And when the cost to buy a house goes up, so does the cost to rent a house. Rents generally don't go down in an inflationary interest rate environment where there is a high demand. So we are stuck until the interest rates decrease. The next recommendation is giving away state trust land for free to developers in exchange for, quote, affordability. This, of course, does nothing to benefit state residents and taxpayers who own that land. And, of course, it's illegal, uh, totally illegal, to give away state trust lands for less than full market value. This mandate, you know, the one that says you can't sell state trust lands for less than full market value. Well, that's literally enshrined in our state constitution. It's not just a law. It's in the freaking constitution. You, you don't do say. it. Yeah. Huh, shocking. This maybe is another effort. Let's amend that state constitution to allow us to give away state trust lands. Why in the world would we give away state trust land and forego a return on those sale or lease dollars to the taxpayers of the state of Montana? It's a short-term, idiotic, and unconstitutional idea. It's terrible. And when state tax policy was addressed in the report, to the extent that, you know, state tax policy screws over local government, oh, yeah, well, there the task force thinks telling the state legislature what to do with its tax policy is just not their role. Yet telling local government what to do with zoning and regulation is their role. Got it. That would be hypocrisy at its finest. And on to that issue. They now want to rewrite local zoning codes with respect to residential lot size and turning single-family home lots essentially into mandatory duplexes. The state now wants to tell Glendive what size lots they can have in residential zones. And the task force knows that in order to implement this Big Brother state government mandate, it has to modify Montana law. And that law is Montana Code Annotated 76-2-302. It is a law that sets parameters for local governments establishing zoning regulations. Well, as it stands now, that law is founded on Republican principles because it entirely defers to local government and just says, don't discriminate in housing. That's it. But now they want to add mandates on lot size to local government and setbacks. So they will have to rewrite the current law that says, the local city or town council or other legislative body may divide the municipality into districts of the number, shape, and area as are considered best suited to carry out the purposes of this part. Within the districts, 
It may regulate and restrict the erection, construction, reconstruction, alteration, repair, or use of buildings, structures, or land, end quote. And now they will have to embed their special authoritarian mixed with a bit of socialism into an otherwise fair and appropriate law. Wow, that's awesome. So now when a developer wants to build estate lots, he'll be prohibited. No estate lots. But those tiny residential lots now must allow multifamily use without any parking requirements. You ever driven down a street with no parking requirements where there's no parking actually on the lot for the vehicles? That's fun, isn't it? Seeing kids jumping in and out of traffic from behind parked vehicles on the street where you don't have enough room for two lanes of traffic where you got to kind of move over to the curb in order to drive through it. Yeah, that's convenient. That's good. That's where there are no parking requirements, right? That's right. No estate lots, but those with tiny residential lots now must allow multifamily use without any parking requirements. And this is only what Big Brother state government allows. And what Big Brother state government allows is what will now be able to occur in places like Tudot, Montana. Now listen, not everything the task force came up with is horseshit. They're willing to incentivize compliance with their mandates the same way the federal government incentivizes compliance through money like tax credits, grants, and revolving loan funds. And honestly, that's probably fine, but still won't get to the heart of the issue, the interest rate environment. So the tax credits have to be significant. And when those tax dollars are given away, how do we replenish them? Because we already run at significant budget overages in our own departments in the state. And thus far, apparently funding nursing homes, the state hospital, and the state prison is just a bridge too far for state government. But now we're going to subsidize local government to incent them to change their zoning regulations? Why not just organize the people who live in those areas to lobby their local government for changes? Isn't that how government is supposed to work? That's what happens in the freaking legislature every day and night. You lobby for change. And yeah, you might buy your government official a steak dinner to get your law changes, but that's nothing compared to defunding critical state government needs in order to encourage local government to change their zoning regulations. At least half of the report is telling local government to change their regulations. And that's what gets me as a conservative Republican. When the federal government tells the state to change its laws, what happens? Well, in Montana, the legislature, the governor, and the attorney general lose their freaking minds. Why? Because the federal government is out of touch with Montana's needs. The same is true with the Montana legislature. It is out of touch with local government. I saw it when I was mayor of Kalispell. And what is interesting to me is none of the task force members are mayors or on local city councils or county commissioners. And when I debated one member of the task force, Danny Tannenbaum, he said the task force talked to local planning staff. So the task force hopscotches over the local planners' bosses, those city councils and county commissions, instead of going to the mayors and commissioners to ask what they need from state government to address their local housing problems. I guarantee, had they asked anyone who was actually elected to tackle local government and housing issues, not a single one would respond. You know what I need? I need you to take away my authority as local government. 
They didn't ask because they knew the response would be, the state can provide funding and monetary incentives, but do not impede our local control and jurisdiction. The house is on fire in state government. They can't even keep CMS funding at the state hospital. The state prison is ripe for a riot, and they have done nothing to contain the fire burning in the DOC. And nursing homes across the state are closing down due to lack of Medicaid funding. So knowing that the Montana legislature has utterly failed to actually address the fire burning in the departments they actually do have jurisdiction over... Now, in their great wisdom, they think the state is capable of handling issues outside of their jurisdiction and should expand to cover local zoning issues? Come on, people. This is exactly what Ronald Reagan warned against when he said, quote, The nine most terrifying words in the English language are, I'm from the government, and I'm here to help. End quote. And that quote reappears whenever politicians propose new or expanded government economic or social programs. The truth is, until the interest rate environment changes, there's not much the government can do about the housing issue. The truth is, local government should be treated like the legislature. They are the legislators of their municipalities and counties. If something needs to change, Lobby your local government or work to elect better local officials who make good decisions that benefit their communities. But we don't need Big Brother state government telling us what to do. I don't want legislators from eastern Montana dictating what occurs in Kalispell. And I promise eastern Montana doesn't want Kalispell's legislators telling them how to build their communities. The Montana legislature and the governor have zero zero credibility in solving statewide problems. If they ever get their shit together and fix the fires blazing through state government, then maybe, maybe we could consider them a credible source for ideas, but never mandates. Until that happens, stay in your own lane and encourage all Montanans to lobby local government for regulations they deem appropriate for where they live. Because that's a Montana value and a Republican principle. Anyone who adopts the horseshit in this housing task force report that places state dictates and mandates over local control is not a Republican. That's for damn sure. Thank you for taking us with you on your journey today. And we'll see you next time. You've been listening to the Montana Values Podcast. Consider sponsoring the show by going to our website, montanavaluespodcast.com locating the sponsor page and clicking on the donate button follow us on twitter our handle is at mtvalues find us on podbean or wherever you get your podcasts what's your favorite montana value how do you live it write to us our email address is montanavaluespodcast at gmail.com thanks for listening and we'll see you next time